0: 1918. Buried in the rain. Murdered. Is that what happens to us? No time for friends. Only our enemies leave roses. Violent lives ending violently.
1: Hello, and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait You Haven't Seen, and it's a podcast where we talk about movies, and specifically a movie that at least one of us has never seen before. Uh, I'm your host, Travis. Joining me this week for episode number 28, I have Keith. hey Hey. And also joining us is Professor Nerdly, or Pat. Hey-hey! Hey. 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 Uh, so, okay, the movie that we watched uh, is Watchmen. Um, Pat, you had never seen this movie before
0: correct it, it it's always been on my radar
1: but yeah i i gotta ask knowing knowing what i know about you uh, how did that happen
0: <laughs> it became kind of one of those ones where it just uh sat off to the side because it had been so long and everyone's like you sh- you should see that you should see that you should watch this you'll love it and and i'm like yes i should i totally should and everything else was more important apparently yeah <laughs> I guess. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh
1: Pat, he is a big comic book guy. Um you put on or you help put on uh the local comic convention, uh Cherry Capital Comic Con here in Traverse City, right?
0: I do. Yeah. Uh how many yeah, well you guys...
2: big thanks for that. I always enjoy that show.
1: Oh
0: well love hearing that. That that's that's why we do It's to you know, for people to enjoy it and kinda be able to enjoy what they love. So yeah. Excellent. And that's been, uh,
1: you just had year 10, right? Uh, 11, 11. Sorry. Whoa. Jeez. Um, and it, it happens every year around May, uh, right around Memorial day. So it's a lot of fun if you're in the Northern Michigan area or anywhere within a couple hour drive, even, uh, come on up and, and go to it. Cause it's a great show. Um, but that's, that was why when you told me you hadn't seen Watchmen, I was so surprised given how much you do with comics and, and I know you know this book.
0: Uh, oh yeah. I mean, obviously I, I have the, uh, I actually have a first printing of the the, the trade of Watchmen, like the, the graphic novel of, wow. of Watchmen. It's, it's amazing.
1: That is. That is really amazing. Um, All right. So I want to start off with your takeaway, your first impression takeaway of this movie. Being a fan of the book, having never seen the movie before, but hearing other people talk about it, what is your first blush? What did you
0: think of it? Uh, right from the get-go, uh, it... It felt the same, but yet it felt forced. The same, if that kind of makes sense. And that, like, it it just it, it like even the the Rorschach commentary, like all of it, it just it felt just a little bit like we're really, really trying to be the book, and we're really trying to be these things. And and it 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 didn't hurt it, but it was still kind of this like it seemed a little off putting to me at the beginning, honestly.
1: Okay. Um. All right, now Keith, you've seen this movie a few times, right? I have. Okay. And what are your thoughts on it as a movie?
2: As a movie, I think it's really good. And from the little I, I've I've read the book once, it was a, a borrowed copy, um, uh, and I thought it was more accurate than most. I I won't say it was a hundred percent, but it was it was better than most attempts.
1: Well, okay. So yeah. Um. Now I'm going to agree a little bit with Pat here in that I think was almost too close to the tone of the the graphic novel like it doesn't feel like they adapted much and it's odd to say that given what they've changed in it so obviously we we don't care about spoilers on this show if you haven't seen the movie before you should probably stop listening and go watch the movie if you're if you do care about spoilers but they have they, they changed a lot about the ending to this from the book um and yet you're right in that there's times where it almost feels too close, like like they could have adapted something. This was deemed unfilmable by pretty much everybody uh, that you could think of in Hollywood at the time. I think the, the earliest adaptation attempt was, what was it, I read somewhere where the, the film rights got sold in like 1989 for this, and Terry Gilliam wanted to make a movie with it back then, and... If I remember right, I read he went through something like six different script rewrites before he finally said, "I can't make this." And if Terry Gilliam is giving up on your movie, you it it shouldn't be made.
0: Without question, I mean, you're talking about one of the most prolific people. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 amazing what he can do, and and what he to has not done. be able to adapt it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Like I, I know I mentioned it previously in a different one, in a dip, for a different movie. But, you know, as I see, I saw the name and some of those movies, I didn't associate immediately the name with the person because, you know, Flying Circus.
1: Right. No, I, uh, this was, so I've read the book. It was, it's been a long time since I've read Watchmen. Uh, but I remember, uh, a decent amount of it and rewatching it actually for the, the podcast today or this week, um, uh, makes me want to reread the book, to be honest, um, it's been long enough uh now i will say the cha- okay so the major change they made at the end was to Ozymandias' uh plan right in the book it's a he it's a giant squid um that gets it's supposedly brought by is it aliens right
0: that sounds right it's i it's been probably 15 years since i've read the book i own, i own that wonderful first copy and and, and still <laughs> it's been <laughs> That's probably the last time I cracked it open was when I bought it.
2: That's fair. well, you don't want to put a lot of wear on something like that. That true. It's a
1: but it was yeah. the the idea was the same in that it was supposed to be a uh, you know a uniting thing that was going to cause obviously it was going to cause a lot of deaths and a lot of chaos but it was supposed to unite the planet against a common enemy. So in the book it was the giant squid. In this they adapted it to making it Doctor Manhattan basically. It was, it was, they wanted to. He wants to make the world kind of turn on Manhattan as the common enemy. And I get it. I get the adaptation. I do think it was going to be really difficult to sell a giant squid in New York um, in this movie, given everything else they had done in it. Because Watchmen is interesting in that it is very stylized and it's very comic book. But it also kind of has... It has a a
2: level of grounding to it that I really enjoyed.
1: Now that was actually one of the things that I didn't like about the movie, and I'll get to that a little bit later. Is some of the other changes that they made, um, but I do think the ending worked better in a film format and for a mass audience than the now, giant the, squid the book would have. the book
2: that I had read, I got a hold of after the movie had come out, so I'm thinking the one that I read was more in line with the uh, with the movie.
1: Oh really? I didn't. Yeah. I was not aware that there was a, another version of that. I might have I, to.
2: Apparently, but. Uh... I'm guessing that they just did like a little one-shot thing that came with the DVD that was pretty much the same thing.
1: Mm, Okay. No, no, I know there were some other changes they made. They cut out the whole comic within a comic thing for this. Now, I watched the theatrical version. That's the only version I've ever seen. There's apparently, there's a director's cut and then an ultimate cut because Zack Snyder can't do just one cut of a film he has to do an ultimate cut of everything he does but uh i i couldn't bring myself to sit through uh well over three hours of this i'm
2: gonna have to find that because i can
0: yeah the ultimate cut is uh three hours and 50 minutes i believe or or something it or no three hours and 35 minutes, I think, is what it was. Uh, I did not watch The Ultimate Cut. I, I watched The Theatrical Cut as well, because I was like, ah, I can't do three and a half hours. Yeah,
1: that's... I mean, it's good. I, I just... It's hard to sit through that much movie. I had trouble with that in Avengers Endgame. Three-hour movie. I can do it, but this... Uh, let me find it, because I know it says technical specs. Two two 215 minutes is The Ultimate Cut. That's a long damn movie. And this... Yes it is. One of the and things I with a, still. a yeah, and well one of the things with a 3 hour like Avengers movie is the way they pace them and and the style of movie that they make where there's a little more humor involved can make that 3 hours pass a lot quicker. This movie and I mean Snyder in general, I feel like, but especially this one doesn't have a lot of there's not a lot of joy in it. You know, there's not a lot there there are no kind of quippy one-liners. There's no no real comic relief in the movie, so it, it does make it feel like a lot longer of a movie than, than even the runtime would give you. Even at 162 minutes for the theatrical, that just felt really long. I did find myself looking at the timer you know, a couple of times like, oh, wh- where am I at? Oh, jeez, I'm only two hours in. I got 40 minutes left of this. Um, it's not a bad movie. I saw this in the theater uh, back in 2009 when it came out, and I did enjoy it, and I still do enjoy it, but um, a little bit less, I think, than I did the first time I saw it, although I will say the casting in this, I feel like was phenomenal uh, across the board with maybe the exception of Malin Ackerman. I think she was fine, but I don't think she was anything special. But um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Jackie Earl Haley as comedian and Rorschach were spot on, in my opinion. Um, what did,
0: Now, Pat, what did you think of them? Um, start with the comedian. Uh, i mean jeffrey dean morgan is my favorite person on the planet i mean really when it comes down to it <laughs> that's fair I, I mean he's he's played some phenomenal roles he's he's this excellent actor who it, he he doesn't because he doesn't do major serious roles he doesn't get the, quite the respect he deserves but what he's done is they the, the characters he's played have heavy impacts on whatever he's in i mean i mean he he's negan he's he's uh he's uh, papa winchester yeah he you know he he's he's uh uh, the comedian yeah he's the comedian he's he's uh uh i'm just blanking on bruce wayne's father's name
1: oh right thomas wayne
0: thomas wayne thank you i was just like what's the name (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but you know you've you've got all these these and and so many he's he's got sean bean syndrome he dies a lot yeah that's true (laughs)
2: Yeah, but in real life, Sean Bean got stabbed and went back into the bar, stitched up his own stab, wound and continued drinking.
0: <laughs> because Sean Bean is a badass. But it's true. I could um, totally see Jeffrey Dean Morgan doing that. Like, I could see him getting shot in the side or something and being like, ah, shit. Did it punch my stomach? Nope, good. The beer's not going to fall out. Right.
1: No, so, I, come I, on.
2: You need to get larger caliber, more rounds. It's, you got to focus here.
0: <laughs> no, he. Well, and, and, yeah, go and ahead. and getting back kind of to what you were saying about uh, about the, the 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 joylessness of this movie, um, and it and it's it's true because I mean the comic relief died at the beginning, which was he really was the antithesis of the comedian for if you right. haven't watched, you know that, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, but still, it is it it really is a joyless movie. Like there's nothing. There's there's nothing redeeming. There's nothing. Uh, Rorschach is the closest thing to the comic relief we have and he's the darkest comic relief you've ever seen. Right.
1: Yeah, I know. If you're calling Rorschach comic relief, that t- says a lot about your movie. Um <laughs> but but again, I mean, I get because the source material was a look at that and it was very it wasn't, you know, it was very dark in its own right. So I understand the tone of it. It just it just makes for well, if you're
2: going to make a dystopian setting you really need to sell that nobody's happy
1: yes no i and i get that and like i say it it, i'm not saying that to take away from the movie it just does make for right a slog to get through over three hours of that um even with the great i mean uh, jeffrey dean morgan knocked it out of the park as the comedian in all all his shot you know all his scenes jackie earl haley Apparently, according to IMDb trivia, again, as we always say, take that with a grain of salt. But he was the only one of the main actors that was already familiar with Watchmen, and so he actively um, campaigned to play Rorschach, and he was perfect as Rorschach. Um, it's amazing that somebody who's five foot five can be that intimidating, because he is just a tiny little person. But uh, didn't he
2: go on to play uh, um, Freddy Krueger after that?
1: He did. Yeah, this kind of uh, this movie really gave his career a resurgence, um, about 10 years ago. Uh, Cause I mean, he, he had been around, you know, he bad news bears and stuff like that. And he'd been active, uh, for quite a while, but this really, at least in my, um, my experience really put him back. I knew who Jackie Earl Haley was, but this really gave him kind of a go and that was how he got into, uh, the, the, um, Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Um, but he, I mean, he was great, I thought Patrick Wilson was pretty good um, playing. Uh, um, what is it, Dan? Uh, oh, I can't think of his last name, but N- Night Owl too. Um, you know, it had Matt Frewer. I love Matt Frewer in everything. I don't care how small a role he plays; he was great as Moloch. Um, he'll, he'll always be Max Headroom, but
2: mm. that's where that's why the face looked familiar to yeah, me. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and you see, he pops up and stuff all the time. Um,
2: but yeah and and even he had a slight comic relief line in the movie and still it was bleak
1: well yeah his comic relief line was about his cancer like
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know that kind of cancer that gets
1: better this ain't it (laughs) (laughs) it's not that kind
0: oh it 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 is it's i mean and and yes i agree with matthew for like in everything uh it, it it's the the casting is absolutely spot on um it, it, it everything everybody plays a great role and they play their their role to the to the hilt mm-hmm. um and 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 it's it really is and you're exactly right a line about cancer is the is one of the comic reliefs <laughs> you yeah. know it's just like there's so much darkness but it's you know we're on the brink of world war three we're right. on the we're we're, we're mm-hmm. on you know we've we've had nixon for five terms right exactly who um so another
1: another good performance I did want to talk about was Billy Crudup as Doctor Manhattan. Um, it's a difficult role to play in that you have to he has to play him very detached and very robotic, so he does that really well. Now I was familiar with Billy Crudup honestly only from one other film um, back in the late '90s. There were two movies about a distance runner named Steve Prefontaine that came out in like the same year. And he played Steve Prefontaine in one of those. And I was a distance runner in high school around that time. So, of course, I watched both those movies. They centered around Prefontaine. He was um, kind of around the birth of Nike and Bill Bowerman and all that kind of stuff back in, I believe it was the 70s or something. So I remembered him from that. And I thought he was good in that. And I see him in this. I think he was great. I really honestly think he, for me, he captured what Dr. Manhattan would have to be like. Because he would be very just detached and robotic and almost not... Not even understanding how to to connect with uh, people anymore.
0: Um, Absolutely, well, and just seeing is seeing what he did, and and you really do like you feel like this person who sees everything about himself, sees the world, can manipulate the world in a way that that no one else can, that no one can understand what he is like trying to love, trying to do those things, and 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 still like. Struggling to have any connection to humanity, yeah. Um, understandably, and, and, and yeah, Billy Crudup just 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 crushed that because it's like the, you've got this like flat monotone that's just just even, and, and it never mm-hmm. goes up, it never goes down, and it's it's. It, 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 obviously, the the CGI around it like makes his his facial expressions a little easier, but you know, and the way they made the eyes and uh, everything and. I mean, even his flaccid dawn. Yeah, there's a <laughs> yeah,
2: lot of floppy I, I blue was, wiener in this. Yeah, I was I was trying to a- avoid the elephant's trunk in the room.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was definitely. I remember in the theater. Uh, if you can imagine watching that on a on a big screen, that's um, just a lot <laughs> of blue man wiener in your face, <laughs> all yeah. for two and a half Bert hours.
2: Cr- it's like a Burt Kreischer <laughs> bit right there. You know? like, oh, uh, yep,
1: yeah. but. Uh, So I do, I want to talk about how they did Dr. Manhattan um, real quick. But before I get to that, uh, I do want to, uh, talking about the cast, one of the things I did like that they did in this was they cast characters um, like Sally Jupiter and the comedian who were going to be older. They cast them with actors in their 30s, um, obviously because there's a lot of flashbacks. So they're going to take place in the movie as much at 37 as they are at 67. Right. I do think that this movie showed a little bit of its age. It's 10 years old now, and it did show just a touch of its age when you see um, the the old age makeup because I just feel like that the makeup techniques and the technology we've got to age and de-age actors has come so far in 10 years that this movie would have benefited from that a ton. If you look at what they've done in the, the recent Marvel movies for both taking age away or adding age to characters... And just imagine doing that now with Carla uh, Gugino or Gugino or uh, or Jeffrey Dean Morgan. How much more I feel like believable it would have been to see them at you know sixty in their late sixties, because it did look a little a little stage makeupy
0: at times, uh, especially with 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 Sally Jupiter. Yeah, I mean it. it, it that looked. I mean Jeffrey Dean Morgan just looks old to begin with so aging him up isn't too difficult but yeah sally was that was a tough one like i, I you could see that and you'd look and it's just like uh, we we like globbed makeup around her neck it is, is yeah. what it seemed like at a couple of spots
1: well you know it's fun fact uh the actress that plays her is only seven years older than malin ackerman who plays her daughter and she's supposed to obviously be quite a bit older um so it was a very uh it was a very, Awkward. yeah, well, Harrison Ford, Sean Connery thing where they were only like, I think, nine years apart when they were playing father mm-hmm. and son. Um, so, you know, obviously you that's always going to be tough to make somebody look older that's, you know, that young and that good looking because she is a very attractive woman. Um, so I just think had this movie been made in the last, say, two or three years, how different those shots would have been in comparison to how they were, you know, 10 years ago, making it probably 11 or 12 years ago. Um, but then on the flip side of that, if we go to Dr. Manhattan, so he's a fully CG character and they did all the motion capture and it was Billy Crudup doing all the motion capture on set, um, which was, that was still a fairly new technique. I believe when this was made, as opposed to doing most of it on us, uh, the motion capture on a, um, soundstage, uh, they did all the, he did all the motion capture and complete with the facial motion capture and they did also rig his suit i know with or i read with a bunch of blue leds so that they could get some more of that kind of blue glow light in camera to then work with uh, in cg which i think is a nice added layer
2: especially when he's close to something that would reflect that blue light
1: yeah and i think he looked great uh there was again 10 years of technology advances he's probably going to look just a touch better with the mouth movements, but at the same time, it almost fits the character being just slightly off from actually being human or very human. Like, like he's just, just a little bit off. I'd loved the effect of his eyes. Those were great because they go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the eyes, the eyes made it, but you're right. Like the, the, his body was too chiseled, you know, it, it and like the, the shadowing around it, 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 it looked real but at the same time it's like no human being actually looks like that like right, you can't yeah. make your body become that um and and, and obviously the the blue i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. but, is, but yeah just great is. little touches
2: oh yeah and the i've never seen a character with such a bad case of blue balls before Hey
1: oh you went there you went you were <sighs> I, the one I, 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 I
2: tried to avoid hey I, I didn't bring it up in the first place so give me credit for that at least fine
1: I opened the dong door. You did. You did. It's your fault. No, I I just think the it was early or earlier technique or earlier use of the tech the motion capture technique and it was done really really well. I mean, it that look uh of what they did for him, I think holds up today really well. Um and it's still pretty believable that he was there cuz sometimes you get the fully CG characters you can tell they're not there. And I think having Billy up doing the motion capture on set instead of on a soundstage helped with that believability so he could really interact with everybody. And it, it added an extra layer to it. And I I loved his portrayal and I liked the the look of it. I think overall this movie looks great. I mean, Zack Snyder, I've talked bad about him before um, in conversations. Some of his movies lack... Uh, they just lack like a personal touch. They lack, there's something missing from them. There's like, it's like not having salt in your food. You don't notice it unless it's not there. And I'm not sure exactly what it is with that, but he definitely can make some
0: visually stunning films. It, it, visually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the The problem is, is he's apparently, he must be a heartless bastard because everything he makes is cold and dark. <laughs> That's true. That's
1: true. Um, I mean, I was not a huge fan of Batman v. Superman, um, which I know he worked on. He did. Was that the one that he left partway through, or was it Justice League?
0: Uh, Justice League. Okay. Because he he directed uh, Batman v. Superman. I think he only produced Justice League. Okay.
1: And, I mean, that one didn't do much for me. It's funny, because if you look at some of his early stuff, his remake of Dawn of the Dead I thought was fantastic. That was really, really good um it was around the time of 300 I think which which I watched not too long ago and isn't nearly as good as I remember it's still fine I have no problems with it on a whole but it wasn't quite uh I didn't have quite the same feeling after getting done watching it as I did the first maybe two or three times that I saw it but um it was around that time that I noticed what you were saying where there's kind of that that joylessness that loss of it's like it's missing a, a a little bit of humanity in some of his stuff he he gets the visuals down and they're arresting visuals and they look amazing and the the work is done very competently but there's just that little something missing to make the movie itself more enjoyable
0: without question i mean it, the the you know the, the thing that drives me crazy is is that everyone talks about how superman's this super difficult character you know, we're you know we're talking about Zack sider here so we get to we get to pivot a little bit yeah. um it, it just in dc dc's failings in movies as a whole is is that they they want to rewrite everything they don't want to just tell the stories that are in the books which is which is ironic because obviously watchman uh just uh just did that like it it it, it nailed it and it did the book very closely mm-hmm. um but whereas all the other movies all the other things they're they're like oh we want to reinvent the wheel we want to make this completely different and you 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 screw uh, uh, snyder did man of steel too didn't he yes yeah so that's i'm like i couldn't re- quite remember but it, it, he uh like you you screwed up the easiest character in the world to write he is the hardest character to write interesting but he is the easiest character to write and the fact that he a let pa kent die b had pa kent tell uh, clark to not be who he is took me right out of the movie like like clark would never let pa die if he can save him and and pa would never tell clark to not be himself right. to hide who he is like it was the antithesis of who superman is and it was this whole like we're gonna build this up. and, and, I, and I think that's where where this these disconnects come in is, is like Zack Snyder wants to like put his like his stamp on it almost and and, and these things of like I'm gonna do it this specific I, I need to tweak this character just in a way, but he picks like one of the core things of the character to tweak. And, and it then breaks the character. Yeah.
1: And and I wonder too, like with Man of Steel, I wonder how much of that was Zack Snyder and how much was David S. Goyer. Because he wrote, Goyer wrote the screenplay for that. And if I'm honest, David S. Goyer's screenplays, I I have a love-hate relationship with some of them. Um, he can write some some stuff that I've really, really liked. And then I see other stuff of his and I'm like, what were you even thinking? So it's, I don't know, it's kind of hard to think. But I, I guess there is the the throughput of like all of these movies, you know, Man of Steel or um, what are some other ones that he did? Uh, Well, Batman, Superman. And apparently according to IMDB, he did direct Justice League. So I think, I think what happened with that one was Joss Whedon came in to finish the movie. I think he left partway through, but there is there. You're right. in that there is some kind of weird, like we need to make this tweak. We need to change this thing about the character. And then the question has to be why, like, why are you going to change that about Superman? Because you're right; Superman is an easy character to write. He's a he he is really hard to write interesting, but clearly it's worked in comics for how long. So, um, I, I I don't know. I Man of Steel is still a tough one for me because of the the changes that they made to Superman, and that I think made Batman v Superman harder for me to watch. Aside from you know the the memeable stuff like Martha and wh- whatever else. Why'd you say that name? Yeah. Um. Quick fun fact about Watchmen. Uh, you know who wrote the screenplay for that?
0: I do not. Keith, do you you have any idea?
2: I I don't. I'm just. I'm just not a huge Superman fan, so I was staying out of that part of it because I don't have anything
1: to add there. That's fair. Uh. So the screenplay was written at least in part by David Hayter. Pat, you'll probably know that name.
2: It sounds super familiar to me from this podcast, though.
1: Do you know that name, but where is they know that name from? Uh... I'll give you a hint. He is more. He is not uh, as well known in most circles as a writer. But if you ever heard him, you'd know exactly who he is.
0: I'm stuck on Bill Hader right now, and I, and that's what's breaking me. Like I can't. I'm like I'm like Hater, and I'm like Bill Hader. No, not Bill.
1: David. So David Hader, H uh, A Y T E R, uh, better known as Snake. Solid he's the voice of Solid Snake. Ah! He's also a screenwriter. He wrote X2. Uh he wrote um the first X-Men. Um and wow. he's really really known as, you know, Naked Snake and Solid Snake. Uh, but he he was one of the screenwriters for Watchmen. Um and I, I didn't I did not know that until this last rewatching. I saw it come up in the credits. It was like, "Wait a minute. Hater wrote this?" So, um
2: Solid Snake wrote the screenplay for Watchmen.
1: Yeah. That's impressive.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, hats off.
1: Yeah, he his first screenplay was X-Men, the 2000 version. That was his first screenplay. Um, and then he wrote uh, Scorpion King, X2, uh, Watchmen. And he hasn't done a ton since then. He did a, a movie called Wolves um, in 2014, and he's got a couple, looks like upcoming ones, miniseries, TV series that are filming or announced, but... But yeah, David Hader was one of the screenwriters for this movie. And obviously he, with X-Men and X-Men 2, those were both good films. So I do think that you're probably right in that there is a little, there is a lot of Zack Snyder fingerprints on changing some of the, the characters in some of these DC movies. But he didn't change characters, I don't feel like, in this, in Watchmen. He let them be the characters that they were in the book. Um, I know there was a, another piece of trivia talking about how they... They gave everybody scripts and copies of the graphic novel and had them read both and then carry the, you know, have the graphic novel on set so they could use that to, if there was any decisions on rewrites of lines to, you know, try to get closer to the graphic novel, which I thought was kind of interesting. I do think in some ways that was maybe what hurt this is they made changes because this movie's got a very mixed review um, from fans. I think that. You know the overall, if I remember right, uh, yeah, it's like a seven point six on IMDb. I think the Rotten Tomatoes is is about the same in that seventies range. But f- especially fans of the graphic novel are very divided on this movie. And I think personally, it's probably because of, in my opinion, they made some changes, but then they didn't change enough to to make it feel like an adaptation. So it sort of kind of straddled the fence in a way
2: i i enjoyed yeah. this movie greatly first time i watched it so
0: and i will say uh you know having it been my first watch i i did enjoy it there's a lot of good parts in it um there's there's there, like you know as we've talked about there's there's no redeeming qualities there's no redemption in this in this movie there's no it, it, and that's what makes it uh, such an interesting thing of of like well we're we're, we're keeping the dark and stormy going um But no, absolutely. It's an enjoyable movie. It is, it is a, it, it feels like a comic book moved to the screen, which is, which is always a challenge, especially in live action, to, to make, evoke that feeling of like it's jumped off the page and it's there. Uh, mm
1: -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I do. I, sorry. I
2: I think that's what made me love this movie so much was that it really did feel like a story that, did come straight off of the page onto the screen and it just felt like it was a very, I, I enjoyed the very gloomy aspect of the whole thing. And it, yeah, I'm, I'm weird. I'm that guy. I like the, I like the depressing ending. I, there are movies that I think should have ended uh, 15 minutes earlier and it would have been perfect, you know?
1: Oh yeah, no, and and I don't think a downer ending is necessarily bad, but you can have a downer ending and still have at least something redeeming. I mean, the closest thing you have to a redeeming, a redeemable character in this is Night Owl, and is he really? I mean, I don't.
2: Well, I think I think the second generation Silk Spectre is redeemable.
1: Yeah, I, she's probably the next closest one.
0: Yeah, but the the, the problem with Silk Spectre. Is that she never really, she never really had a a, a real fall. I mean, yes, she left. She left Doctor Manhattan. Yes, they, there's this like, it, she, uh, she she very much feels like just a a as I, as I like to call a quote unquote strong female character who's really only there to be tits and ass at the end of the day i mean really that's 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 what she's there for she's she's supposed to be this you know she's what keeps dr manhattan grounded in in humanity mm-hmm. but yet at the same time you know she's she's with 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 daniel and she's you know and and all these different things going on like uh, there's there's some redemption there but she really she wasn't really that much of a character to begin with so there's it's hard to like for me to feel like there was much of a redemption for her.
1: Yeah, and I it felt like they tried to with the whole, you know, all the comedians, her father, and, and the reveal of that, but it just felt like they didn't do enough of that.
2: There probably could have been more with that, but also, you know, the comedian, was, he knew he was unredeemable, and I think that was one of the things I liked about that character so much, was that he knew that there was no saving him. There was no coming back from him being him.
1: That's true, and you know he had probably the most uh the most arc of anything in the movie i feel like i think dr manhattan had a little bit because he did kind of find some of his humanity towards the end even though he then
0: decides all right i'm just going to leave but
2: oh wait i forgot there's no oxygen on mars
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Oh. Those little things they slip my mind sometimes. But yeah. the comedian, I think, actually, as we talk through this, the comedian was the one who redeemed himself the most, because even though he was irredeemable, it, it was it was his actions, his 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 failure uh, uh, to 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 fulfill everything he was supposed to do, or 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 his realization of what he did to these people, and his confession to. Uh, to uh, Moloch, it, it 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 set in motion the the ability to create the mildly happy ending that that there is, and that there's world peace, even though you know it's at the cost of uh, downtown Manhattan, right? yeah. you know And then the downtown Manhattan
2: that, but... bits of Moscow and just the whole world, mm-hmm. several places.
1: Yeah. um Okay. So. I mentioned earlier, there was a couple of things I didn't like about this, even the first time that I saw it. Um, one of those was i I kind of didn't like the um, the sort of hallway fight they have in the prison. I just felt like that felt out of place to me in the rest of this movie because these aren't superheroes, with the exception of dr Manhattan they're they're not super strong or super fast. Yes, they can fight, and obviously they've been able to do it for a while, but that just that was a very Zack Snyder moment. Uh, in the movie that and the alley fight. And I felt like it was a little too much uh, with a lot of bone breaking and a lot of like, it was hyper violent, Um, which fits with the tone of the movie. But I think you could have had a lot of the same scene. And I don't know, it, it was sort of the problem I had with the uh, Ben Affleck daredevil. Well, okay. One of the problems I had with that movie was <laughs> that they made them a little too super powered. And I felt like they kind of did that just a touch with this. They, they went, maybe a step or two beyond what they should have been capable of uh, physically I I
0: thought
2: Absolutely. that was actually a good thing for them to do I it gave you an explanation as to why these people survived doing this stuff and you'd probably get somebody else who tried it who can't do that kind of thing you never hear about them because they didn't get past their first fight
0: okay and Pat with a counterpoint uh, it, my, my thing is it, it really just it it feels like another Batman moment and, and obviously you know this is predating all these you know the Zack Snyder stuff but it it's it it feels like that moment of like everybody feels like Batman can beat everybody and while Batman's a genius who who can plan for everything he's he the, the fact that he wins a lot of these like 50 on one fights is 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 a stretch and that's what I I agree with you Travis in that it feels like you know, this, this was like 20 on one uh, uh, or 20 on two in the alley. And then this this massive brawl where they, you know, and both of these, they never get touched. Yeah. And, and it's like, no, you, you have to you have to have them get cut or stabbed or shot or something, at least injure them in some manner okay, that
2: it could have used that it could have used that.
0: Well,
1: okay. Here, a prime example. Now, we've done two of the Die Hard movies on this show, and one of the things, especially with the first Die Hard movie, that makes it a great action film is that by the end of it, John McClane looks like hammered shit. You know, he's um, he's been just in a ripped bag,
2: no less. Right, he has just been beaten <laughs> yes. and
1: bruised. And my problem with from I I still love Die Hard with a Vengeance because he's still pretty beat up by the end of that, even though he shouldn't have survived that movie, but beyond that one i saw live free or die hard and he became kind of a a comic book uh you know an overly like superhuman character at that point you need to have i agree with you pat you need to have your your heroes have got to have some believability as a human especially if you're portraying them like this movie did where they have no superpowers they're just costumed vigilantes so you know, give you,
2: you. should see him take a shellacking, but at the same time, you want the good guy to win, even in this bleak, even in this bleak world.
1: Right. Well, it feels it. it feels better when they do. If they take a it few does. hits, I mean, they don't have to lose the fight, but they got to at least get hit once or twice. They they yeah, walk through that. out
2: lose, You know, see him spit out a tooth.
1: Right. They made they made it through that with like nothing, no nothing whatsoever, and that was two fights in the alley against uh, a bunch of gang members with weapons and then in the prison, the prison riot. Uh, so I just feel like that could have been handled better. Um, and maybe, maybe a non Zack Snyder director would have handled it a little bit differently. Um, Cause he's known for, I mean, he, you know, he had done 300 a couple of years earlier and look at that. I mean, so I, yeah. that, that's just kind of my thoughts on that. Like that was something that I didn't like. Um, I also, it's not because it's a sex scene. But the use of Hallelujah in that sex scene between uh Night Owl and Silk Spectre, I am all for uh like music that doesn't fit a scene, but ugh, that was rough to watch.
0: Well, and the fact that they used Cohen's original version. Yeah. Or less, <laughs> Even which more is so. this like yeah, like this like really It wasn't really a little... like that
2: that was more jarring than anything else to that scene, yeah
0: yeah because i mean cohen has this like deep and like dark voice about it and 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 i get that the the tone they're trying to set with this is this like this shouldn't be happening and this isn't this isn't a good thing that's happening even though they both seem to want it it's not you know nothing about that is 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 proper and all those things like i get the tone they were trying to set with that uh but yeah it was it really was it was like that's the song you chose. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. That was just, I mean, I don't
1: know. I, I wouldn't have done that. Let's put it that way. I would have made that scene a lot different. Just, music, yeah, it, you change that music and it's a completely different tone in that scene. Completely different.
0: What, what I, uh, what, what I find very interesting about that is that, um, you know, as we're talking about the music of the movie, Uh, the the end credits roll and i hear my chemical romance and i'm like really my chemical romance has been around that long oh yeah (laughs) i that's so okay that'll
1: take us to music because the music in this was good and they pulled a lot from uh from references in the actual graphic novel too which i did like i can't imagine what the music budget must have been for this movie though because holy crap i mean you had a lot but it fit I think, for the most part, pretty well. Uh, I do think My Chemical Romance over the end credits, that's fine. It it is interesting to think, though, because this was 10 years ago, and My Chemical Romance, I remember listening to at least a couple years before that on the radio. So it's crazy to think, you know, we're getting old, dude.
0: Uh, Well, I just... But they're still relevant today. Like, they're still very popular in hit top 40 radio. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Um, But yeah, I think overall, like, music in this was... Uh, pretty impressive. Um, I did. Okay. So I would say my favorite part of this entire movie uh, was the opening sequence. Um, I love opening sequences like that. It was the only thing I liked about uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine was that opening that they did. And this had a very similar feel to it where it's progressing through, it starts in the forties, progresses on through I loved the the way they shot it all. Where it was, it looks like still frames, but it's just barely moving a little bit. The Bob Dylan song "Times ar Changes" playing over it. I loved that whole sequence. Um, I just thought that was spot on. You get a nut, you get a lot of exposition and a lot of backstory right off the bat, without it, you know, without just somebody telling you all of this stuff. And I love stuff like that. That was great,
0: without question. Um, that really set the tone of this being a comic book movie because basically they took, they took comic book panels and put them on the screen, mm-hmm. um, with are right, just that little bit of motion, that little bit of like 3d imaging to, to make it look like 3d happening and, uh, and, and, and yeah, running through the years and, and getting us to, to where we need to be, uh, it, you know. Getting us from, I think, what the, the early 40s all the way to 1985. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, starting with the Minutemen and going to the, you know, and then becoming the Watchmen and the Watchmen disbanding and like all these parts. And it, it, it it's usually a challenge to, to play the time hop game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this one did it very well. And I think part of that is, is exactly what you're talking about the choice of music you know, bringing those music, the, 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 those notes in there, bringing that, that certain songs for certain scenes, and and really making sure that they they fit. I mean, Dylan over that opening sequence is a, a masterstroke. Um, you, you know, I, I, you had like a. I think there was a Casey in the sunshine. uh, What was it? Mr. Boogie night. I think Mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. I think so. um, over one of the, the, the fight scene, like all these different parts of like just hitting these, these, these spots where they're hitting that the music just right on key and right on point to be like, this is what's supposed to be happening. And this music could be happening in the background. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: No, I, I just, yeah. Uh, you start your movie off with the fight in uh, the comedian's apartment and then you go right to that opening sequence. And it was a great way to start the movie off. Um, now, I want to ask, we'll start with Pat this time. What was your first watching, but what was your favorite moment in the movie? Did you have a favorite scene or uh, or anything like that?
0: Uh, absolutely. My favorite scene is Rorschach in the prison when he's first in there. And it, basically, the guy comes up, tries to challenge him. You know, stab him. He he beats the living crap out of him and throws uh, a, a, a basket full of fryer grease all yeah. over the dude's face. And and literally looks at everybody in the room. And goes, I'm not locked up in here with you. You're locked up in here with me. And it was such a perfect thing because Rorschach just got the shit kicked out of him by the police. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean. <laughs> he looks beaten up. He looks horrible. He's he, he and, and he is his character. You know, he is his alter ego in a way that nobody else is. Yes. Like he is Rorschach. You know, is, is it Edgar? Uh, is that his, his real name? Uh, I can't, I can't even remember because I just don't even think about it because I just think Rorschach. Oh, yeah. Walter. 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 That's what it is. But his his, his real name it's is like poison to him. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 it's he is it, not that. Well, he talks his about face, his yeah, Rorschach's face when they
1: take his mask, and he talks about "Give me back my face." Like he has become Rorschach more so than any of the others have become who they are. It's it's Rorschach and Doctor Manhattan are no longer John and Walter. You know they are Doctor Manhattan and Rorschach. Whereas Adrian Veidt is still Adrian Veidt. You know, so yeah, I. I can see that completely that that is a great scene. And that really shows a lot about a lot about that character um, in that one, you know, between that one and then right preceding that when he's getting kind of psych evaluation and talking about his, you know, the moment that the night that Walter Kovacs died and Rorschach was was born permanently when he finds the little girl, uh, yes, which that one they did change from the book in the book. Um, and this was in the trivia I was reading about. Uh, and I'd forgotten he doesn't just he doesn't kill the guy with a meat cleaver to the head in the book he covers the guy in i think it's cow's blood and meat and then lets his dogs eat him
0: i was about to say that that felt weird because i'm like i could have like i'm like i thought the dogs were involved in this originally and so so i'm glad that i'm glad that justifies me and where my brain was on that scene because i was like i'm like i could have like i'm like the dogs are dead, but the dogs were involved in this. Like it, it, it threw me off, but it, yeah, that's, but, but the line is perfect. You, you don't, you, 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 don't, uh, arrest a dog. You put a dog down. Yeah. Yep. I, uh,
1: so that's a good one. That's a great moment that Friar Grease and then him just, you're locked in here with me. Like, and Jackie Earl Haley, just knocking it out of the park. This whole oh, movie. His, his voice his the voice he uses. is the, just the grammar whiskey
2: and cigarettes. And yep.
1: All right, Keith. How about you? You got a favorite moment? Uh, you you I, I know you've seen I this do. a few times,
2: and it it was my favorite the first time around because I wasn't expecting it the first time around. But when he's when when Rorschach and Night Owl are confronting are confronting Ozymandias and he's just like, "What you think I'm just going to give you?" You know, it's essentially, he tells you know he's like questioning why they think they that they can stop him because he's monologuing. Right. He did what he was going to do twenty minutes ago before they got there
1: mm-hmm yep that and yeah. that was such a good plot device in the original book because
2: and i i i I stood up and I was like, yes, finally a <laughs> villain who gets it no it it made so much sense to me for the villain to actually do that to mm-hmm. you know
1: Oh, absolutely, and I can't think of prior to the Watchmen graphic novel that being done. And I could be wrong, but I I feel like that was the first instance of the the villain being like, "Wait, what? No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you my plan if there's a possibility that you could do anything about it. I I did this half an hour ago, and I'm just telling you about it now. Like, and it's so brilliant. It's such such a good like, just last middle finger to the heroes too from the from the villain. So that's a great choice, and and it is. It's a great moment in the movie.
0: Yeah, I I I, I agree with you, Travis. I don't, I, I, you know, the, the the villain completing their task before they monologued, and, and yeah, it, I, I don't really remember Even it happening then, yeah, anywhere.
2: Sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh no, you're good. Uh, it it just just I mean that's that's it. It's 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 basically that before the Watchmen that that plot device was always monologued monologue so that the hero could win and. This this villain for the first time really ever was like nope I already won you just oh I'm just explaining to you what I did yeah yeah I mean it's
1: such a trope for you know the villain to monologue and nowadays I have seen that that plot device used more um, more often than it ever was but uh, this was definitely like I think still one of the better uses of it Um, and it's just uh, such a great twist you know even if you know it's coming it's such a great just moment in a film. So, yeah, that's a that's a great one. Uh, no, look, in the end of the day, I don't think this is a perfect movie. It's got a lot of flaws to it, but I enjoy it. I enjoy the movie. Uh, it does... It makes me want to go read the book again, and I know when this got announced, because uh, I think the first trailers for it were during Dark Knight, so 08, and it actually put Watchmen, the graphic novel, back on the bestseller list. It got It generated that much buzz and now we've got uh the hbo series is coming out that's got to be soon now it's sometime this year
2: what yeah Sorry,
1: uh,
0: i live the, under a rock what the the before the it's it's prequel um is it and it's for the
2: minutemen essentially it,
1: it,
0: it, it i have to look to it up be... but...
1: yeah i'm going to have to look that up because i thought it took place after okay because i know from the from the limited things that i saw it was they had like almost a cult of Rorschach, uh, they were showing oh. in some of the trailers. Watchmen is an upcoming American superhero drama based on the DC comic series created by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. It takes place in an alternate contemporary reality in the United States. So it is taking place after it looks like. Okay. Um, oh, and it's set to premiere next month, about a month, almost exactly a month away. Hmm. October twentieth. It's to gonna be a friend
2: with HBO because that seems like something I'd watch.
1: Yeah. Could no pay it...
2: for t- on one of the streaming services that I already pay for. Yeah, you could do that too.
1: Um, no, it it looks interesting. And, and I know you're not a... You're, you don't watch trailers, Keith. I understand. We've oh, had yeah. this discussion many times. Um, oh, yeah.
2: Uh, I've, I've just been let down too many times.
1: Oh, Damon Lindelof <laughs> is involved. Okay. I'm I'm even more intrigued now because he, he's done some interesting stuff. He was part of uh, Lost and... What else? Um... <laughs> he ha- he was worked on the concept for uh, Phineas and Ferb apparently. Interesting, yeah. So that's coming out in a month, and I kind of I'm I'm curious to see uh you know just sort of a continuation of this world. You know we've been talking for probably almost an hour now, and we haven't even brought up Alan Moore at all. Which, given that this is an Alan Moore based movie, I kind of it it sort of fits because he doesn't want to be involved in any of his uh. Or you know, referenced any of his movies? He actually took his name off of everything. If you notice in the credits, they talked about based on the DC comic. I think it was uh, drawn by David Dave Gibbons, but they don't mention Alan Moore because after was it? I believe Uh it was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. After that movie came out, he there was some sort of a lawsuit that happened, and he ended up asking to have his name removed from any properties of his that gets made into a film
0: yeah it, it, it I, is I can it,
2: see that happening I mean it made Alan Moore mad it made Sean Connery stop acting didn't it
0: Uh, yeah he did retire after that movie yeah. Uh, y- yes and you're absolutely correct uh, in the opening I, sequence, I have to admit
2: that, that that movie is a guilty pleasure of mine that movie was better than I got credit
1: for was it though I mean was it I. it's pretty rare I am possibly the most positive person about movies you will ever meet, and it's hard for me to say good things about that movie outside of, you know, maybe Sean Connery, and I love Jason Fleming as, uh, and he was um, Dr. Jekyll, but, or or Jekyll, however you think it should be pronounced, but uh, that movie just had a lot of, a lot of problems. Um, and I, you know, it, I feel bad sometimes do. for Alan Moore because he's mm-hmm. such an amazing writer, and yet his stuff is almost impossible to adapt i mean the i can't i would say this is probably the best adaptation of an alan moore that i have seen um in part because they changed very little uh about the tone but you know from hell was an alan moore book and that movie was terrible um lxg i i didn't like uh i can understand where some people might but Wasn't i wanted G for vendetta V for Vendetta was him as well. Um, That wasn't too bad. Um, I enjoyed that. Uh, It's just.
2: I I was just trying to think of something else that Alan Moore had done, and I was pretty sure that was one of them. Mm -hmm. And that's another one of those movies that I liked. And I think that, well, that's that's a discussion for another uh, another podcast, I guess. Well, uh, Hugo Weaving put that together or pulled it together, made it work.
0: Uh, the 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 thing is is Alan Moore is exactly as he looks like he's a grouchy old man yes and 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 that's all you know he 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 doesn't deny it he doesn't care about it he's a hermit he doesn't come out in public he he, he you know all the pictures you've ever seen of him are, are like literally exactly what he is he wears you know dirty old sweaters he has a, a beard with birds in it uh, and
2: yeah, he's <laughs> your quintessential wizard hermit.
0: Exactly. I mean, he he creates magic in, in his stories, but like, oh, I, and the people who make bad movies
2: from those stories, it just makes me think. You know, it's a great thing this man can't actually cast a curse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but at the same time, if if he just deign to walk amongst us mortals and put his input into the production of the of the adaptation imagine what we could get oh, man it if you if you
1: coupled him with the right director and he doesn't even necessarily have to write the screenplay just have him as a consultant it would be phenomenal because the man's obviously got some amazing story ideas we were rolling around in his head but he is very much the uh, the difficult to work with artist so he and he it feels almost like he knows that about himself so he's just like you know what I, I don't I don't care about any of you. I mean, there was, a, there was a quote from Zack Snyder saying, you know, worst case scenario, I hope Alan puts the movie on his DVD player on a cold Sunday in London and watches it and says, yeah, that doesn't suck too bad. And Alan Moore apparently uh, was told about this in an interview later on and said, that's the worst case scenario. I think he's underestimated what worst case scenario would be that's <laughs> never going to happen in my dvd player in quotes london because he does not live in london um he's like i'm never going to watch this movie
0: <laughs> yeah that was that was interesting in the opening credits when i saw like co-created and drawn by yeah. david gibbons and i'm like wait a minute what wh- what 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 <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah Nope. Uh, and
1: I mean, you're never going to see Alan Moore's name on any of his stuff, which is unfortunate. But, you know, in the end, it's it's his name. It's his uh, reputation. And he does not care. So if he doesn't care, hey, more power to him. As as long The as he... number
2: of F's given is far less than it, it is not one. It is not above one. It is most definitely zero on yes. the matter.
0: Oh, he has negative F's to give.
1: It's very true. But he you feel, know what?
2: In fact, yes, I do believe that he feels that he is owed Fs on this one.
0: And I'm okay with
1: that because in the end, he may have zero Fs to give, but he's given us some amazing stuff. Uh, he has. He's given um, us lots of A's. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if he had done nothing else other than create the character of John Constantine in Hellblazer, I'd have been happy. You know, and you've got that and you've got Watchmen and From Hell and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as a, as a comic, really good. Um, or
2: even V, the yep, yeah favorite,
1: and he was involved too in a lot of Swamp Thing, wasn't he? Or was that already out, and he kind of came along into it? I can't remember now.
0: Uh, I believe he came along into it, but he he was the one who actually made Swamp Thing uh, pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he you know he is an amazing talent. He's just a, a curmudgeonly old hermit, so. But I I felt like we had to at least mention Alan Moore and talk about him at least a little bit in this, you know, Alan Moore adaptation, uh, even if he doesn't want to. (laughs) But no, I I think in the end, overall, a very, I would put this in the hall of very good. It's It's a good adaptation. They made a few changes. They made some changes that I do question, but they also made some changes that I completely understand. I think they kept with the tone of the book for good or ill. Um... I am curious. Apparently the ultimate cut has a lot of the comic within a comic. I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, Just slip in my mind. Um, But uh, I do kind of want to um, see that. Oh, oh, oh. And I did not mention, we talked, I wanted to mention this when we were talking cast earlier. So IMDB casting rumors are taken with a bigger grain of salt than any other trivia. But, Listen to some of these names and some of the characters and tell me if you can't see at least some of them. As much as I love this cast, Sigourney Weaver is Sally Jupiter. Okay. I could maybe see that. Yeah. Um, For Rorschach, apparently rumored were John Hurt, Robin Williams. I can't see Robin Williams. As much as I Uh, loved Robin Williams. I
2: Eight-hour or one-hour photo? What was the photo one?
1: Well, there's one-hour photo. There was um, Insomnia. Um, I just... I, I almost don't want to see robin Williams play that character yeah um, he, does, he didn't
2: want to but at the same time he ha- has he ever done anything that wasn't
1: good um uh, someone pop he oh
2: has he ever done something that he has not put himself fully into
1: not that I have seen although I did not see RV, so hard to say that, that was that was pretty funny okay yeah, that really was
2: I, I mean he was he definitely nailed that character in that movie one of the i know i've one i've seen and yeah it, it was funny i had fun watching that one but you know i um, i still i don't i don't think i would have i don't think robin williams would have been the right person for that role but he would have done if he had done it he would have not and he would have put his entire posterior into the making of that
1: movie oh well, well yeah of course um some other possible rorschachs were doug hutchinson um which i could see because he's certifiably crazy yeah uh daniel craig simon pegg and sean penn um this is one okay sean penn i wouldn't have hated no i i wouldn't have hated that um
2: i think that, w- I think that could have been a good call there Do-
1: okay dr manhattan these are these are awful arnold schwarzenegger Dolph lundgren and keanu reeves so
2: keanu reeves is a bit too everyman for the doctor beforehand but then he could i i think that he could have done the i mean i He's, he's a great guy, and I love a lot of the movies that he's in. It's just I think that he could have done the blank expressions very well. I'm, and I know that's not his only expression, but I Bill and Ted is one of my favorite movies.
1: Yes, but Ted is absolutely nothing like Dr. Manhattan. I, don't, I, I know, I I'm know, not but saying d- that he just the
2: holding the solid Yeah, I'm, uh, and I'm not face. saying he
1: couldn't have done it. I just don't know if I could see him in that. I definitely, Dolph Lundgren or Schwarzenegger, those are both... Those are terrible. I don't, I don't terrible. buy those awful, for a second. Um, comedian. Now, I think a lot of these span back to at least um, kind of that first adaptation, too, uh, with Terry Gilliam. So for the comedian, some of the rumors were um, Tommy Lee Jones, which I could see like a uh, a fugitive era Tommy Lee Jones um, playing the comedian. Gary Busey. Ron Perlman would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane would have been interesting, although I don't think, I I do think with the comedian Punisher
2: as the comedian. Yeah, Hmm. but I
1: do think the comedian's got to be bigger. I think Ron Perlman or, you know, obviously Jeffrey Dean Morgan, both of them being, you know, Thomas Jane, I don't think quite has the physical- um, Needed some more burl. He would have needed a little more bulk, I guess. But I could see him doing it.
0: Um uh, well I struggle with I struggle with Thomas Shane in that role just because I think he'd try to be too wry about it like uh, he wouldn't have that like i don't i don't know if he could pull off the the like I'm not sure if you're joking vibe that the comedian... like that's the thing about the comedian because all the things he did is like are you are you, are you serious did, are you really doing this or are you just messing with us like there's always that like level of it on almost everything he does i mean obviously there are certain things he does it's obvious he's just a sociopath but mm-hmm. I, I i think thomas jane would be too gruff and dry to really to, to to really like hit that hit that like almost almost like is this guy really doing this vibe that that you would get from or, or jeffrey dean morgan that's a good one. Who, who, who's interesting because you can't say Morgan or Dean Morgan. You have to say Jeffrey Dean Morgan whenever you talk about him. Yeah. It's always all three names. <laughs> it's like a tribe called quest. You say the whole thing. Um, Richard
1: Gere, Kevin Costner, John Cusack, and Joaquin Phoenix. Guess what roles they were supposedly rumored for or role. They were all rumored for the same one. What names again? Richard Gere, Kevin Costner, John Cusack and Joaquin Phoenix.
2: Night Owl.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that's totally. And and I actually wouldn't mind any yeah, of I them as see Night Costner
2: Owl or anywhere else but that. And even then, it's like, no, dude, no. If you did that, then Alan Moore will hunt you down and learn how to curse, like cast a curse just to curse you.
1: Although I could see, I could have seen Costner in if they made the movie today playing Hollis Mason, Night Owl One, the older Night Owl. I could see that. Absolutely um Nathan Fillion apparently was rumored at one point to either be the comedian or night owl too maybe but I love Nathan Fillion I'm not sure how he fits in
0: maybe Night owl more so than the comedian maybe maybe night owl yeah I, I I don't I don't hate him as night owl uh, again the comedian uh, he he would have been too too much the other way yeah. from from what I was saying about Thomas james Yep,
1: yep, I agree with that. Um, Hillary Swank, Jessica Biel, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Hillary Duff were all rumored at one point to play Silk Spectre too. Now, 80s Jamie Lee Curtis, I could have seen in that role. But I almost would have it would have been like early 80s Jamie Lee Curtis cuz I think by like probably True Lies era, I think she would have been a little bit, I don't know if that would have fit. I I could see it. Hillary Duff, no. I'm sorry.
0: No, Hillary Duff not absolutely at, not. At all. Jessica Biel, perfectly fine. Hillary. Not, Swain, not at the
2: time that fine. the movie
1: came out. Not even this. now. I I can't see Hillary Duff in this movie at all, personally. Okay. Um, and then the last ones were um, for Ozzy Mandias, Tom Cruise, and Jude Law.
2: Well, I'm so glad Jude they didn't Law put Tom Cruise amazing. in it because I I want to punch the tooth right out of the center of his face. It, it's not it's not even him it's it's not tom cruise it's just that tooth just i have the middle an issue tooth. with that tooth right okay it. that's that's what i have an issue with so if, if tom cruise ever perchance hears me saying this i want him to know that the issue is not with him personally it is with that particular tooth
1: plus it would have been really difficult to have ozymandias and rorschach fight each other given that they're both tiny little people
2: well then it, then it would have you know totally been
1: to scale true um Oh, that's funny. So Jackie Earl Haley is the only cast member of the primary cast in this film that was actually in the film industry when the when the first adaptation was being worked on, because he's the only one that was around at that point. Of the main cast, obviously, some you know uh, Stephen McHattie and Matt Frewer and those guys were all in the film industry uh, at that point. But of the main cast, Jackie Earl Haley is the only one that was actually working in films um, when they first when the when the rights were first bought and they were first working on adapting this.
0: So that tells you how long this movie was kind of in development. Uh, you, 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 every time you you say Matt Furrier's name, like all I can think about the 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 character that jumps to the front of my mind. It's not Max Headroom, which he was phenomenal as Max Headroom. Mm-hmm. It's it's the neighbor from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> it's it's all I can ever see him as. Like it's that's the role that I always identify him with. That's awesome. I love that. Um,
1: Russell, you're right. Russell. Oh man. See, and he's a guy that's he's got some of those roles that you can tell somebody the name Matt Frewer and like sixty percent of the people out there are gonna look at you like who? And then you but he's got roles that they remember. Russell, Max Hedrum. um he's and he's a face that you remember. You see him Yeah, as soon as you see him, you know. And even if you don't know his name, you're like, It's that it's that guy. Um, that's great, Russell. Oh, you just made my night, dude. Um Yeah, so I just, I wanted to bring those up because I thought some of those were interesting uh, rumors. Whether or not any of them are true or it was just a, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger was rumored to be in, I think, every movie made from 1982 to like 2004. I think at some point Arnold Schwarzenegger was rumored to be in it. So, um, but Sean Penn as Rorschach would have been interesting. Doug Hutchinson as Rorschach would have been interesting. I don't think they could have done better than Jackie Earl Haley, though. I'm sorry. He just was Rorschach
2: he was that
0: was a spot on for it um so it, it, you know as we as we continue through this and we're, we we kind of touched on the watchman series that's coming out mm-hmm. i i pulled up the cast and i thought it was very interesting and i think this casting is is absolutely spot on jeremy irons as ozymandias because in the Ooh. future because obviously it is it is a continuation because ozymandias is jeremy irons in in the in the in the in the in the the series and uh, Don Johnson's in it, uh, but they don't tell who he's going to be. Louis Gossett Jr.'s in it, but they don't say who he's going to be. They just call him old man. (laughs) Interesting. Uh,
1: I love Jeremy Irons as an older Mendias. That's spot on. Regina King is going to be in it. I like her. Tim Blake Nelson. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to have to seriously consider at least having HBO for a little while to watch that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in to see what they what they do with this and and how it goes and what all's been done with it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to thank both you guys for uh, joining me, Pat. I'm glad that I got to show you this movie finally, um, so you can now say that you have seen Watchmen, uh, so that you can take that off your list of shame.
0: Yes, I can. Cor- 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 Corey will be pleased. <laughs> ah,
1: yes, good. We must please the Corey. Um, Keith, I'm also glad that you were able to join us again. Uh, it's always a pleasure having you on.
2: I always enjoy being here and this, it's always good to review a comic book movie that I feel was done well.
1: Yeah. And again, it was done well. I recommend seeing this movie if you haven't seen it before. Um, you may not like it, but I do think it's worth seeing because it really is a, an adaptation that is very very much trying to stay faithful to its source material uh sometimes to a detriment um but i think overall i think the movie is it's worth seeing just for the visuals alone um it's just i mean they they take panels right out of the comic book and recreate them and it's great um so i definitely recommend this movie uh and i assume both of you do as well keith having seen it as many times as you have yeah and pat would you would you watch this again
0: I would I would watch this again. Um, I I I I kind of want to watch the ultimate cut now to see what what all happened. Um, I, I really I think the thing that they did exceptionally well to make it give that that comic book feel was the filters they used because mm-hmm. uh, everything has that blue filter to it. Even yes. even when when Doctor Manhattan's not on the screen, everything's just a little blue, except for the scenes with the Silk Specters where they're they're a little more yellow and orangey and and then you have that like uh patina filter on a lot of the older stuff to to make it look like newsreel and stuff like that so uh, it's little touches like that that do really good things for a movie for me and, Mm -hmm. and 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 i thought that was something that was done so well so i would absolutely if you haven't seen this see it it's worthwhile and if you haven't read the book read the book after uh, is something I suggest because going in without knowing the source material is going to give you a better experience.
1: That's a great point. And I don't think enough people bring that up because there's always the debate book versus movie, book versus movie and which, which one is better. I don't necessarily care which one is better because they're two different mediums. A book is going to be a very different experience for me than a movie. And I, I agree yeah, with you. There, there are this... times where, go ahead.
2: Um, There are times though where the movie gets so far away from the source material that it can't, it's not even the same thing.
0: Well, yeah. Ready
1: Player One. (laughs) That's yours. World War Z. I'm going to bring that up every time. I know you do every time. Um, No, (laughs) and and I agree with you on that. And that's where adaptation is the big thing. You're adapting some source material into a movie. That adaptation should still be, close to the original source you know for me the one that that i always bring up is sphere i loved the book sphere by michael Crichton. the movie changed way too much and didn't didn't give me the same feeling at all so but it's interesting that you bring it up and i agree with you if you have not read Watchmen yet see the movie first then go read the the graphic novel um do it in that order. A lot of times, I say I, I would say read the book first, but I think this is one of those cases. Don't read the book first. See the movie first, then read the book.
2: Yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. It's one of those cases where it's still gonna feel good, like done well, and it's just gonna get better if you do it that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So again, uh, I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight. Um, we we do this show live every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash TV's Travis. Uh, so you can watch it there. The, the episodes um, come out on the podcast on Wednesdays. So this will be out uh, this coming Wednesday. Next week's film I haven't chosen yet. Um, as I mentioned last week, I have started a podcasting competition um, show called America's Next Top Podcaster, which is eating up a lot of time for me. So I am working on uh, figuring out a movie for next week. I, I want to try and keep the show going. I don't want to pause um, while I'm doing that. So I don't know what it's going to be. Follow, uh, if you want to know, you can follow me on Twitter at TV's Travis, and I usually um, try to update what's going on with the this show on there. So I will be or updating even let that. It
2: be, or even let some of the viewers give some suggestions maybe.
1: Sure. I mean, if you have suggestions for a movie, uh, definitely, you know, um, let me know. Uh, and I am hopefully going to have a movie chosen sometime later this week, and we'll we'll let you know what that is. You can subscribe to the show at tvstravis.com forward slash subscribe. Um, We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can find us all there. Um, Now, Pat, I know you've got a project you're working on. Is is that something that you want to talk about, or is that still
0: uh, a little ways away? Uh, Well, I have kind of two projects working on. I think the first one you're talking about is the the Get in the Game comic anthology that's coming.
1: Yes, that one is.
0: Uh, That is going to be coming... uh, Early next year, um, there's going to be a Kickstarter coming here in the next uh, probably month or two uh, to to support that. Uh, basically, this is a uh, it's 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 an anthology of eight page comics done by multiple creative teams. Uh, there's going to be eleven different stories in the book, uh, and and it, it's we have. Uh, a couple of stories where that's an artist and uh, the, the, the artist and the writer are the same person. So mm-hmm. they're like doing everything from writing it to lettering it to coloring it. They're they're doing the whole thing. Um, and then we have some people I know, some people I've never met before. Um, and, and all these different uh, teams are are creating standalone stories, all based around just a simple prompt of video games. Um, and, and what has come out of this is, is just absolutely phenomenal. It's, it's not as much of like, oh, it's so and so sitting in front of the video game playing the video game, or it's or not so much of the oh it's it's my favorite video game readapted. Mm-hmm. It, it it's not those things. It's there's there's a there's some really super personal stories in here um of, of, of people who have memories with family members who they've lost that oh, the wow. surround video games and you know just uh things that you know you you don't know that's happening behind the screen i mean there's plenty of friends who my i myself have had where you've never met the person in real life but they're a great friend but you don't know what's going on with them other than what you hear uh behind the 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 headphones when they're talking to you
2: i yeah me too i have friends i don't even know what they look like
0: yeah and and there's all these stories and it's literally it was just a simple prompt of like revolve it around video games in some manner and and some people put it from a a real life perspective some put it around uh you know just a a a playing of the game some people like being a part of the game like there's just a lot of different things and and some amazing stories that 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 will have to be read so
1: Excellent. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So uh, that's cool. What's the other one that you were uh, referencing then?
0: Uh, well, uh, there's there's been a project that's been on the shelf for about two years, um, due to some uh, many different personal things and then just getting out of the habit. But uh, uh, interestingly enough, we've we've chosen Sunday nights. So next Sunday night will be uh, uh, uh the the team from Digital Nerdage will be sitting back down to record again.
1: Oh, excellent. Excellent. Digital nerdage. I, I have missed that. It has been two years, hasn't it? That's crazy. So that's a good show yeah, too. uh, definitely go check that one out. Uh, excellent. All right. Well, um, that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Uh, great show guys. I, I had a good time with this. Um, it's, it's always fun to show somebody a movie and have them enjoy it. And I've had a pretty good batting average of that, uh, outside of showing you guys tank girl. So, um, <laughs> That one, that one went over like a lead balloon. But everything else has seemed to go over really, really well. So uh, again, thanks, thanks to both of you for joining uh, tonight. Thank you um, to everyone who listens. If you, uh, if you can get on and listen live, um, absolutely. We, I do check the chat room while we're going. But uh, also, thank you for downloads and listens. Um, I do this because it's fun and uh, I enjoy it. So if anybody can get at least a little bit of fun out of it, uh, then I'm happy too. So um, until. Next time on Weight You Haven't Seen. We always like to sign off and say, enjoy your movies.